What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Marriage Be Hard podcast. I am yelling in your you ear. I am so screaming. sorry. Kev immediately went for the volume. <laughs> I, I apologize like, if I was loud, you guys. Turn it down. All right. Sorry. I am down. Melissa. I'm Kevin Allen Frederick Sr. I- Okay, and this is the Marriage Be Hard podcast, named after our New York Times bestselling book that has officially been out for one year. If you have not gone out to buy this book everywhere, books are sold. I'm not quite sure what you're doing with your life, but you should be running to Target, Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, Audible. You should be doing the things and purchasing this book. It is the New York Times bestseller for a reason. Hello, somebody. Uh, This (laughs) podcast is uh, a time where we talk to some of our favorite couples about love, relationships, their love story, get to know them a little bit better, and sometimes we t- drop gems. With us today, you have seen them all over the Instagram with their adorable children doing all of the gems and the cutesy little things, and they're matching, and the clothes are cute, and sometimes James come up in there, and he be, he sometimes his energy be like, y'all keep messing with my wife, and I might fight y'all. I never met them in real life. <laughs> like James's energy all the time. You mess with my kids, you mess with my wife, and I am liable to go to jail. I feel like that's the energy you give. That's that's the energy everybody got to get. <laughs> <laughs> Help me welcome James and Tina Meeks. Very good. Thank, Thank you, you for having so- us. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for joining us. To our audience, listen, we started this podcast about 15 minutes late because we over here at the Kevin State Studios was having every internet issue. Not Spectrum. <laughs> the internet up here is not Spectrum, so I don't want to hear it. Spectrum gets you the fastest MBPS download speeds. Spectrum <laughs> 1 coming this fall. <laughs> um, so we apologize if there's a bit of a delay, but that is the reason why we're trying to work through it. Okay, so we like to start off this podcast simply going through your love story. So if you could make a long story short, tell us how you met. And if there is a beautiful proposal story to be told, we want to hear that too. Well, the shortest story is that we met in college. Yes. That's the shortest story. Okay, Um, in what class? Actually, just like out on the yard. Yeah, He used to be like a party promoter. Are you always... (laughs) <laughs> she actually be doing this when she said like just making my job seem little no. he used to be like a, a little a little party promoter or he whatever. was like always handing out flyers and stuff and sometimes he would even be at like the entrance when like me and my friends would go out so we, I just came to know him like that way because he was like always in the mix on the scene kind of thing but we didn't actually start dating until you graduated yeah yeah um well, I'll tell my version. I don't know what your version is. <laughs> we had been back when like it was cool to talk on Facebook Messenger because, you know, it was just for college students. Um, mm-hmm. We were messaging back and forth and he graduated a year before I did. So I was coming back to school. Um, we both went to school in Atlanta, but I had went home to Virginia for the summer and I was mentioned like having to get a ride home from the airport or back to my apartment from the airport. And he offered me a ride and. And I took your nappy braids out. <laughs> there, there was more to that story. So she was an ROTC. She was off in, I in the field. I had to go to training over training. the summer, so my hair was braided. She had these braids in her hair for like six months. So That's she came it. back, and I'm like, yo, these braids ain't really doing I it no more. So let me help you take these things out. And then that kind of led us down this path of we ended up going on our first date. 
that yeah, is something special to take your Man. braids out upon like an initial meeting. That's such a vulnerable experience. Like yeah, he was down yeah. from day one. Tina from over there down. disagreeing. <laughs> Ain't this the way he called my head nappy on like national podcast? <laughs> Not sitting well with me. <laughs> How long ago was this? This was 2014. Yeah, 14 ago? years 2008? ago. 2008? Yeah. I mean, he's still taking my braids out though. So, <laughs> still to this day. <laughs> Yes. So you said 2008? Yeah. Yeah, 2008. Okay. I've taken braid, listen, braids down. I've helped grease her scalp. Yeah. She, a black woman trusted you not to, to cut her actual hair. That's you cut, yeah. <laughs> cut the you uh, braiding hair out. out before. Yeah. Yes. My heart was beating fast. I was like, ah, this is too much pressure. Listen, not nearly as fast <laughs> as mine, because I rock my hair short anyway. So if you accidentally cut something, it's gonna be a patch. I need you to know, I need you to know what you're doing. I was right? cutting way low just because I didn't. I don't want no. I don't want no smoke. Right, like the kids. Yeah, you know, I got three inches of hair. Why are you cutting this down here? You know what? Leave it there. We'll <laughs> no just cap take it out. The root, the wrist. <laughs> okay, so 2008, you guys uh, meet. Uh, take us on your. Um, how long did you guys date before you guys got married? Uh, a long time. Um, so we did things backwards. We definitely had a kid well before we got married. Um, so we ended up pregnant like within the first. What six months? Yeah, the six same months. Six <laughs> months of the unbraid. Six months of the unbraid. We we ended up pregnant six months into this thing. We were still like trying to figure out how much we liked each other if we was gonna like be for real, for real. So, um, and that story. Was, yes, that story was wild too because she was late on her cycle, and I picked her up from work one night, and I was like, "Hey, you haven't mentioned your cycle at all. Like, did it come?" Ah! Not you clocking it before she did. I was clocking that thing. You hear me? <laughs> so she was like, nah, it, it didn't come yet. So I'm like, what you mean it didn't come? Like, are you pregnant? She was like, it's it's probably just late. I'm just stressed. So I took her to Walgreens that night. It was like 11 o'clock at <laughs> if night. If you're in Atlanta, the Walgreens <laughs> on North Avenue, that one. Get in the car now. We <laughs> went to Walgreens that night. night. And um, of course, she took the test. She took two of them. They both came back positive. And it was like, yo, life just got real because we weren't real planning fast. to be parents. Um, but y'all so doing that stuff, though. We was doing, <laughs> we was so doing that was stuff. Something. We was planning something, but we wasn't. <laughs> We weren't oh, thinking not about the ending we were thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> so we fast forward, we had our, our oldest son, little James, um, and then tried to work out like being in a relationship, being young parents, figuring that out together. And then in two thousand when he was born. I was twenty two. Twenty three. Yeah, twenty-two, twenty-three. I was yeah, gotta. Yeah, young. so we was broke. We ain't had no money. We ain't had no house. You we know. have no experience. We was like fake adulting in college. So life came at us real fast, real fast. Yeah. So um, did, I, I, we don't usually interrupt people, but I'm very curious. Did that um, uh, life change, as they say in the in the business world, did that life change impact you guys' relationship? Did it? Did you guys discuss maybe just co-parenting or are you like, OK, now it's got to be serious or we got to get married eventually or 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 did it not? It for me, it initially was I was like, um, just because we're pregnant, we're, that doesn't mean we're going to go run and get married right now. Okay. I was against forcing a marriage because there was a kid involved. I didn't think that that was going to work. So I was okay. like, if we, if we didn't know that we were going to be married before we got pregnant, then we shouldn't go get married tomorrow because people are going to look at us a certain type of way. Yeah. I mean, that's actually not uh, bad logic, but Tina grew up churchy. So I know yeah. uh, she was probably like, oh, no, nah, my G, we going to have to. Uh, if you like it, then you should have put it. I'm going to need this ring to put on it. When did you start saying my G? I say it sometimes when I don't want to say my G. So I take out when I don't want to say Never heard. Who are I literally you? literally have said it before. Oh my, oh my god. Never heard you I literally say have my, said it before. My G? Yes, because I don't want to say nig, so I just go to the G. It's I didn't know you G. said nig either, so I'm, I'm just excited about you saying my G. <laughs> my G. I don't I, even know because you. Because we do say but obviously now this all has to be edited. So it's just easier to say Why my G. Why are you G. editing out? <laughs> Take it easy, my guy. 
Okay, all right, Joe. Oh, y'all, that much more now. Oh my god, I literally have said this before. Never, I literally have said this. I have never heard you say my G. I have literally said this. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, go ahead, turkey. Honestly, I was so focused on just trying to figure out life as being a mom. And it was it was a bigger change than that for me, because that that also meant that I wasn't going to commission into the United States Army anymore, which had been my plan that I didn't oh. even get caught up on the, the marriage piece because I was just worried about trying to figure out how to be a mom and how I was going to be there for this baby. Wait, yeah. because you got pregnant, you couldn't go in the army no more? No, I could, but I no longer wanted to. We both, oh, we, I thought... we both grew up as military brats. And um, while our dad had amazing, amazing careers, and I don't know if you feel this, but my dad missed a lot. And it was not because he wanted to, it was because of work. So I could not wrap my mind around yeah. what that would have meant for me as a mom. And that's not the kind of mom that I wanted to be. So I decided that that journey was no longer for me. Yeah, they say uh, both our dads are military, both we're both military dads. brats as well. So they say army first, family always, and they just mean army first. Family. Yes, yeah. yes, that's first, it. Family always. Army, army, army always. always. Like, <laughs> if your dad has orders, both of our dads got orders away a month. Within to, a month. To... A month of our wedding. Wow. Like, wow. That's part of the reason I'm doing the renewal. Neither one of our dads were present at our wedding. My dad oh, had wow. to go. Actually, they both have to go to the Middle East. Because yes. the war in mm-hmm. Afghanistan. Right after Both of our dads got stationed in the Middle East, different different duty station. But it wasn't like this is coming. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, this is a possibility. It was like within a week, I feel like your dad's was even yeah. more fast than mine. My, my dad was like, oh, it might be looking like we have to go set up. He's an engineer in the Army. He was like, I'm going to have to go set up this new base. I'm not sure. And Melissa's dad, it was like, your dad got orders. He's because they were trying to stall because they knew the wedding and then it was just like nah you're going and this is the day what was your dad's division melissa do you know he was an 88 mike okay my daddy was infantry but he was he was calm he was the comms guy in the infantry so he had to go immediately yeah yeah oh wow yeah Yeah. that was engineer prime power hush that's really what it is. What this sound like you said something about power <laughs> That did not sound real. That prime sound made power. up. They were called prime power. That sound like they did this. Before. I don't know what this is. My daddy was the 43rd really infantry. Is it the 43rd infantry division at Fort Stewart? Yes. Rocking the barn. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All that. Yeah. So anyway. Prime power. <laughs> don't that brats, but I just that's not the experience that I wanted as a mother. So I decided. No, pissed Uncle Sam off real good because they had paid for me to go to school. But um, yeah, another story for another day. And then so we had our baby, um, broke up a couple of times, stayed together a little bit, shacked Y'all up did? a little bit. Um, Y'all broke up a couple of times? Yeah. More than a couple. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we, we broke up. <laughs> With the baby? Yeah. With the baby. But the, here's the thing. The baby was fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We managed so to be great co-parents. We managed to be great co-parents, but just as a couple, there was some stuff that we just weren't vibing. So yeah. we, when we got engaged, well, when I moved to Arizona with you, the whole year before we weren't even together. And he gets this job in Arizona when, when was this? What year was that? 2013. 2013. He gets this job in Arizona. We are living separate, doing our own separate things. And he was like, would you come with me? And she she said no. She was like, what's the said? She was like, I'm not coming as uh I'm not moving from Georgia to anywhere as anybody's girlfriend. And I put I, my church hat back she on. She did, she put the church <laughs> hat back on me. And so me, I'm like, Man, you've been fornicating all this time. You're trying to hit me with the church stuff now. So I was like, uh, <laughs> I said, Well, I'm only offering girlfriendship. I'm not offering anything else beyond that. So we can go together and try to work it out like that or not. Or you just don't go and we'll figure out how to co-parent with me being across states. So that was contentious. We basically ended that conversation like I was going, she was staying. We'll figure out what's what we're going to do with our son. And then I guess she thought about it some more and hey, finally decided that. Did you go in in that come. sin? Did I he went. propose? You went in the sin. I went in the sin. That's what they mm-hmm. always do. 
Church, church voice. No, we we know him better than Hear me out. Hear me out. I went, <laughs> hear me out. I went in August, or was it August? No, we went on my birthday. Oh, we went in October, and I had a ring by December. Hear me. She, okay. Uh, James yeah. got it together. He knew she what did. it was. Moving was the best thing that could have happened for us in our relationship because it removed any of the distractions. Atlanta was a distraction. Friends, family, people yeah. always in the mix. They know the drama. They're trying to influence us to go one way or the other. When we got to Arizona, I don't know if you guys us. ever lived there. Arizona's like being on an island. There's like yeah. five black people there. <laughs> like it, we were three of them, the, us two and our son. Um, what part of Arizona? So we were in Phoenix. Phoenix. Um, well, we lived in Meza, so it was right outside of Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we're there. We're trying to figure our life together, but it really like made us focus and lock in on each other um, and really start pouring into each other in ways that we weren't doing in Atlanta. So uh, by that I would say by that November, I started talking to my parents, like, I think I'm going to propose to her. And they was like, when are you going to do it? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm trying to get a ring made and stuff right now. And then when the ring finally came, my mom kept asking me, well, you said you was going to do this. When are you going to do it? And I said, I think I'm going to do it on, uh, on New Year's. So we used to, we stopped going out on New Year's a long time ago. We would go to church on New Year's. Yeah. Girl, um, you done got James. You done went full circle, didn't you, James? <laughs> this a one A. He's gonna bring yeah. in the new year with the son of man. Yo, so, <laughs> watch not seven Yo. gonna start at ten. <laughs> so On the count of three, with the, with the new year week, we gonna bring in a praise and set up your situation. Leave that old yelling, that old thing. God is doing a new thing. Watch night is so long. Two thousand eight. God's gonna be oh, great. My God, that counts down. So God's long. On time. Yeah. 2010, we gonna win. 2011, we're going to heaven. 2012, you nothing rhymes with 12. 2001, two. God gonna do what He wants. Why is He so accurate? You're gonna too long because if your theme for the year does not rhyme, you're doing it wrong. Your year's messed up. You're doing it wrong. 2020, God's gonna give you plenty of warranty. <laughs> they didn't tell you what it was. <laughs> We're gonna take a break from this episode to tell you about BetterHelp, who is sponsoring today's episode. Thank you so much to BetterHelp. We all sometimes need help in our journey of life. We simply do not have all of the answers. We're not always equipped to handle everything that's in front of us. I told you guys that I have um, my own therapist and I actually just started with a brand new therapist that will help me just navigate career choices. Um, because again, we don't always have all the answers. So having someone to bounce questions off of, help guide you, get you an outside perspective that's going to be neutral and objective is sometimes exactly the thing that you need to go forward in your journey of life. We're a huge proponent of therapy over here, whether it's, again, for career choices, for relationship choices, for um, parenthood, whatever the course may be, or just checking in on your mental health. It's always good to have someone that you can just talk to because sometimes that's really all you need. Um, BetterHelp is convenient. It is designed, actually. Part of their design is to be convenient. You can do it right from the comfort of your own home you simply fill out a questionnaire um, and they'll match you with the therapist that they think best suits your needs and the best part is if that person does not work out for you they most certainly will do the breakup for you so you don't have to have that awkward so sorry it's not you it's me conversation if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with the licensed therapy and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MBH today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MBH. And I'll be sure to check in with you guys as I tell you kind of the process with this brand new therapist and let you guys know how it's working out. So stay tuned for that. Now let's get back to the episode. We're having too much fun. I'm sorry. Love oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so sorry, sorry. 2013, New Year's uh, Eve, we are we're watching because our, our home church is still in Atlanta. We hadn't found one in Arizona. So we're watching the service. Um, and during the service, she had turned her head. Um, and right when she turned back around, I was on one knee with the ring out. Aww. 
and I, after the marrying me. Uh, well, oh no, missed the part. I the part yes. Before I was like, you know, a creator, I've always been like a social media junkie, and he knew that. So I turned my head because he had tweeted me a link, and it was a Vine video of our son holding the ring. He was oh, supposed to say, yeah. It's supposed to say, "Will you marry my daddy, please?" But it says, "Will you bury my daddy, please?" Because his letter <laughs> sounds were a little off. But I see this, and then I turn around, and he's, you know, on bending knee. Oh, and that's great! I don't even know what he said because I was just like a bucket full of tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good so, work, James. That's good. That's excellent. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. It's elite proposal skills. Yeah, so it um it escalated quick after that. So she said yes, and then uh she was we got married the next August. And I mean, because what was he waiting for? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. at that point it was like (laughs) we've been around each other forever. You know, we know everything about each other. Like, let's not be engaged for ten years now. Too, let's just let's go get married. So we went and got married in Atlanta, and then we had um we got pregnant with our second baby on wedding night, actually. Shut yeah. up. Okay, Dang. so wait. How long is the gap between the time little James and your marriage? Four and a half years. Yeah, four and a half. Four, oh, yeah, this is a long time. Yeah, they ain't no point, child. If we're going to do it, let's go and do it. Ain't no time. James going to start school this year. You yeah. might as well go. Might as well do this. Yeah. <laughs> little James going to kindergarten. Yeah. Okay, this makes uh, total sense now. Okay, yeah. I love this. I actually agree. I do believe that, obviously, it's not for everybody, but a piece of advice I would give to young couples is to move. Go somewhere and cling to each other. Your mom ain't coming over. You you have no choice but to figure it out. Right. We we were married for... We got married in 2004. Nine years. Yeah, We were married nine years. And uh, we moved to LA. And we didn't even have like... I wouldn't say no issues, but we didn't have like a lot of stuff we were struggling with. But I feel like our, we both feel like our relationship truly blossomed when we moved to L.A. Mm. Like there's just something about and our parents weren't even there anymore Mm -hmm. in Washington. But we went to the church our parents went to. We had the same friends from high school. Like there's just a certain uh, level of closeness you get when it's just like it is just us. It was just us and our two boys. We didn't have. Like my brother and our friend end up like moving later, but you know L- L.A. is very big. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he lives so far. It was like y'all don't live close enough to like, mm-hmm. like at our old in Washington. Um, our her siblings or her younger sister stayed there, and my brother's family were there, and they were literally not even a ten minute drive right. from us on the same street. Mm-hmm. We lived literally on the same street, and Melissa's sister lived no more than fifteen minutes away. So. We just were all kind of like here, yeah. And we all moved, and like at least for Melissa and I, our relationship blossomed, I believe, yeah, tremendously. We had to find our own church for the first time on our own, yeah. You know, it wasn't like our parents choosing the church, we was like, okay, what, what's important to us, you know, children's church? How far is this? I remember we went to one church, and the children, one of the kids. They were fighting and stuff, and the boys were like, "Can we not go to this one?" Because that just you know. And we went to this white church had amazing children's church, but the Holy Ghost never moved. Yeah, and you know, for us, it was like, dog, we was we. I get, you know, we joke like, "Oh, thirty-eight minute service is cool," but like sometimes I need us to go two and a half hours because I gotta get there. Yeah, I want to lay prostrate. I want the preacher not to get up. That never happened. That man getting up in twenty-two minutes from the moment that service started, he gonna be up in twenty-two minutes. He gonna be down in thirty-eight. And it mm-hmm. felt too. So we had yeah. to have those conversations, but they also had donuts. So I'm saying that was dope. Have donuts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You could eat them in the sanctuary. Yeah. This and sanctuary was nice and the AC was always on. You and, hear me? And the trunk or treat was crazy. <laughs> and the trunk or treat was nice. Okay. So one thing I'm really curious about um, because you guys were living together in sin, you had the baby in sin, and <laughs> then you got married. No, I'm joking. But I am curious did the actual officialness of the marriage ceremony change anything did it feel more like oh now we're married things should be different or did it feel like oh that didn't really change much it did but it didn't like life came at us so fast after we got married because while we were in we we were in arizona when we got married i mean engaged we 
got married in actual Atlanta because that's where most of our like friends and stuff were and yeah. like where our relationship started. But midway through that, we moved to Texas. We started building a house and then we immediately got pregnant. So it was just like life was life. Life was mm. moving like a freight train. So we were just processing a whole bunch of changes all at once. But I think that the togetherness piece was already there. So it changed, okay. but not too much in terms of our dynamic. Uh, to me, it just felt like there was just like an elevated level of um, responsibility for me now as mm. as a husband that I didn't necessarily feel as her boyfriend or, you know, her baby daddy or whatever. I just felt mm. like, okay, like, I got a family that's really, really counting on me now. So I got to always do what's best for them. So yeah. any bit of selfishness that I might have had prior to, it was just gone now. It was like everything. Yeah. Now. That pro- I, we've been talking. This theme has come up a lot in conversation that we've had. The, the, the man's desire to provide for his family, even like when it goes wayward, like it's still very strong. So that when mm. I first got fired from the the bank, the thing I first felt is like, how am I gonna do my part to provide for my family? And I wasn't even in a position where I was paying all the bills. Like Melissa and I, we listen, we was always partners. We always was chipping <laughs> in on the room. I never had enough money until now to pay all the bills. Like mm-hmm. we moved to the apartment, I was like, thank you, God, because I was by myself <laughs> only for my bills. You know, I couldn't, I we I wouldn't even got approved for the house on my own. Mm-hmm. So when I got fired, I'm like, oh my God, she these bills were set up for two incomes and I it's only one. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I understand that, uh, James, even when I've taken big swings in business, it's always been like, if we can hit this, it's gonna set our family up. So when mm-hmm. you miss, you feel like you have hurt your you have like set your family back and that yeah. that's that means more to us than just like oh that didn't work mm-hmm. it's like well they're supposed to make sure my family's good now they're not good and they're negative like you yeah. know what i'm saying like if you invest something and you lose it if you just didn't do anything that would have been better than if you <laughs> lost it you know what i mean yeah. so i get that feeling like oh my god i got to provide for a man yeah. who who honors that part of the covenant some men don't feel that pressure at all uh but oh, no, some men does. feel it yeah the men yeah, who yeah. feel it we feel it very intensely yeah yeah because even to this day like we were having a conversation um this week and uh we were just talking about like what stresses us or what gives us anxiety and i was like money will forever give me anxiety because mm. like i just feel that even if we're we're good and we're, we're fine right now we, we're we're doing really well but there's always just this anxiety of like you know, if I make the wrong decision, what if we lose this? And then what if we yeah. lose that? So I'm playing all these scenarios in my head where she's more like, man, we all right. We ain't, we ain't yeah, worried about that. I was like, wait, we're fine. Like, why is money giving you anxiety? But it's just the inner workings of his brain when it comes to just steering the mothership of our family. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you got to be a, a real provider kind of man to get it. Because sometimes I'd be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, you guys moved to the East Coast, though, right? We are now. We, we move a lot. We're in Virginia now. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. It was like, you said Texas, but I thought for sure just a few years ago you moved. <laughs> we yeah. were in Texas for five years, did a did COVID year in LA, mm-hmm. and then came to Virginia. Yeah. If oh, COVID doesn't happen... Only in LA, in, yeah. in, uh, only here for that one period of time, actually. Uh, I mean, for the one year of COVID. Forget it, child. You know what I'm trying to say. You were here in LA for such yeah. a short period of time. We moved to LA the end of 2019. I had gotten a job um, at a startup out in um, Marina Del Rey. So we were living in Woodland Hills for basically 29, end of 2019, all of 2020. And then I, it was my dream always to move to LA. So I was so excited when we finally got to go. Then COVID happens and we're locked down. Um, like I said, we're living in Woodland Hills, so we don't have a backyard. We got a beautiful view. But the kids don't have anywhere to play. We taking them out into the driveway to play and stuff like that. Um, so the family hates L.A. because they didn't get to experience it. Like I had always experienced it all them years yeah. visiting out there. Yeah. So at the end of that, we just kind of like reflected and kind of similar to you all. When we moved to L.A., we didn't know anybody out there. It was just us yeah. and our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had three kids at this point. So um, we were kind of thinking like, 
let's go back to the East Coast. Let's be closer to family. It doesn't seem like L.A. is going to let up on the restrictions. And like, I know everybody's tired of being in the house. So let's go back east where in the south and in the east, they ain't really care what you did. You could do whatever you wanted to do. They it wasn't was outside. Like, hey, what is COVID? Been Shut outside. <laughs> right. It was close to Thursdays. And then it was right back open. <laughs> Especially Atlanta. <laughs> Yes, Atlanta was like wide open the whole time. So we decided to come back this way uh, to be close by. My family lives in the area. All of Tina's family lives in the area. And then, what, six months into it, we bought a house and just decided to sit still for a little bit. Well, yeah. Let me ask you guys something. Do you think the military bratness of your childhood has influenced you? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. It's one of the better qualities that I think we both picked up from having that experience because it ain't nothing for us to get up and go. Yeah. Like literally our decision to leave California wasn't even like a well thought out thing. We were just talking one day and then was like, we should move. Yeah. All right. And I mean, we <laughs> packed that house up like some thieves in a night. Really? Out. Yeah. It's had the opposite effect for Melissa and I. Yeah. Like we wanted our kid because we, like we plant roots. I want yes, roots. We want I want like, roots so bad. No, I to be able to have friends that they um, now that our oldest is getting older, I don't. I'm itching. I am, but he's uh-huh. starting high school, so I don't want to yeah. do that to him. He yeah, don't care, yeah. I don't but care. I don't want to do that to him. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. like, we, I went to four different high schools, and I'm I'm fine. He's like, yeah, I be went fine. to three. <laughs> <laughs> but Kids so are resilient. I don't want to do that to him. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I get it. And that's uh same with me, and especially high school. It's like, no, yeah. I want you to go with your friends. I want you to graduate with them. Like, I get that because I'm exactly actually the same. And we've lived close enough where we where we've moved. It's still close enough that he's still in the same school district so he can have those same. Okay. Yeah, those same friends. Um, OK, so then take me to James. You worked a full time job. Tina, were you always doing influencing? No, I used to be your friendly neighborhood insurance adjuster. Really? <laughs> so t- walk us through the process <laughs> of becoming influencers. So honestly, I would say as far back as 2015, mm-hmm. I I was on all the socials when they started or whenever I had access based on my phone. Because I remember at one point I was team Android and you couldn't get on Instagram. Anyway, yeah. um, I've always been like an early adapter to social media. But back in like 2015, when I would post on Instagram, it was like when everybody was really struggling to learn how to do their natural hair. But I had already figured it out. Like I, I can style my hair. So I would post like videos or like short videos or pictures and people was like, please, you need to you need to do YouTube. You need to do YouTube. He went out and he bought me my camera. And from 2015 to 20, the end of 2017, I fall started so many times. I would record the videos and then get like imposter syndrome or record the videos and get self-conscious about how I looked on the camera. So I would just never post them. And then um, he says something to me toward the end of 2017 and... It was a challenge, but it was the in the way he said it that just kind of lit a fire in me. But it was pretty much like you're spending all this time on social media anyway. You need to figure out how to make money from it. Not an evergreen commercial. Come on. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. The college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So okay, so in 2018 started. We normally um for the last I don't know how many years we start our year with the Daniel Fast, and during that time when we would Daniel Fast, I would restrict my access to social media because I'm being conscious of, of conscious of what I'm consuming. Yeah. So while I we were doing the fast, I built my blog by myself. Um, I didn't even tell him. I was like, I'm gonna be serious this time, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. so I built out my blog I started planning my first couple of posts and once our Daniel Fast ended that year um, at the end of the January I launched and announced myself as Her Life Sparkles and been running ever since wow and then James you eventually came off your job right yeah I left my job what last March Mm -hmm. yeah March of last year so she had been doing her thing for a while. She quit her job right before we moved to LA to become an influencer full time. I was still working, um, but I had gotten to a place, man, when I worked in tech and I was so stressed out. Like I made great money, but I never was really home. And then even during COVID, I was home, but I was stuck in front of a computer doing Zoom calls all day long. Mm. Um, And it just was Every boss that I had, they would have me stressed out. And it's like, well, we pay you X amount of dollars. So you're going to do what we say. You're going to yeah. be where we need you to be. 
like and, repaying you to be stressed. It's yeah. like how they basically position it. Yes. I know you're going to be stressed, but you're going to get a lot for it. You, you're going to get your now money. we're going to remove the stress. Right. Yeah. You might die early, but at least right. you got paid. So um, it got to a point where I was just like really, really stressed out. And then the final straw for me was, um, was working for this guy. And we're back living on the East now, but I'm still working West Coast hours. And the guy got upset about something my team did, but they had did what he told them to do. Um, he forgot he told them. He called me at 2 a.m. And we got into a screaming match at 2 a.m. from like oh. 2 to 3, like so loud. I'm downstairs in my living room. I had to leave the bedroom. I'm in my living room now screaming at him. Um, our son, our youngest son, Luke, he comes downstairs and he was afraid of the dark. He would normally not even walk like to come downstairs without he'll scream. But usually it's like, come get him. Yeah. He walked all the way downstairs into the, to the living room and he was like, Daddy, what's wrong? And I realized then that I was just completely out of character and out of pocket and I couldn't do it anymore. So um, I go back to bed and um, she's like, what's wrong? Who are you in there yelling at? And I told her I was arguing with the job and um, I was like, yo, I can't do it no more. And she was like, you want to quit? And I was like, she, no, she told me to quit right then. I was like, you ain't got to do no more. She's like, you don't got to do it no more. And I was like, nah, I don't want to just like rage quit. People, That's that job. People counting <laughs> on me. <laughs> I got employees. Like, be on my time. Listen, <laughs> she, people don't care do. about you, bro. You quit that job. You don't hang up the phone and quit. <laughs> quit that job. <laughs> that what that you job. for? Yes. That's so great. we put the plan in place then for, um, you know, let's start getting some things together. Um, and I was like, I want to be gone. Uh by March and it just so happened he and I had another blow up in, in in March and I was like all right it's time and I I, I chucked the deuces and I ain't I haven't looked back since there we go and I hope they fail <laughs> I hope their company, the goes, company I hope their company goes under <laughs> so now you've been doing this so it sounds like two years year and a half or so yeah I'm a yeah. year and a half in um have my biggest year this year as a creator um and it's fun because I was always helping her anyway so I like I learned photography on my own just like helping her do her stuff so yeah. it kind of came easy to me so now just being in the space where you know, I can do it. Um, I'm appealing to to dads, to to fathers, to people who came up in the tech world, the business world like I did. And kind of just sharing my journey, but then also showing another side of fatherhood. Because I think it really it irritates my soul even to this day. If I go outside, like now, if I take my kids somewhere and some a white lady comes up to me and she's like, oh, it's so cool to see a dad with his kids. I'm like, what do you mean? We're yeah. My dad was always with his kids. Like all my friends' dads was with their kids. Like, why do y'all still say that stuff? So yeah. just trying to change that narrative and show a different side of, of, of fatherhood and also being a husband. You know what is so interesting is I 100% agree with you. While there are obviously, and I don't mean just black men, I mean men, okay, literally men of all races that um, aren't present in their kids' lives. That's just a fact of people, okay? That's just yeah. a fact. However... I'm so grateful that I know more men that are present than I know and that are absent. Yes. And so it blows my mind. And that's not to say, again, that those statistics are there for a reason. Obviously, baby daddies, absent mm -hmm. fathers exist. Right. But man, I know some amazing men who are very present fathers. The other thing I was going to say is... Thank you, my G. Yeah, you're welcome, my G. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is the other part about the fatherhood piece that I find with your content is, um, like, the different perspective, in, in addition to what you're saying, is you are a... Um, to me, you represent, like, a real black man in fatherhood. And what I mean by that is Instagram, social media, oftentimes there's a lot of like romanticizing, which I'm here for. I love very beautiful aesthetic content. Yeah. I'm not the creator that produces that, but I love to look at it because I mm -hmm. just think it's great. But a lot of times I feel like even through very aesthetic uh, um, uh, videos that you may post, the, the personality that I get from you and maybe it's in your captions. I don't know. You strike me as a dude that'll literally go to jail. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Look, I don't my G. Yeah, my G. I don't play like, about my family. I, I, I feel that energy. Like, even uh. if things are very aesthetic, I feel like behind the wall, it's also like a like 
play me if you want to though yeah. i know this is real cute but still try me though and that's and that's what it is and i think even with the like the content you know we have a lot of corporate sponsorships and brand deals but like if you come to my comments and you say something slick to my wife i'm 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 finna get you like there's some I people that, my boss bro i don't care <laughs> <laughs> right there's some people that turn the other cheek i don't my cheeks stay looking dead at you i'm not turning nothing we're gonna talk about this you're not gonna disrespect my family you're not gonna disrespect my kids that's just the rules anything else you could do but the family is always gonna be off limits so and that was really the the, the turning point of why i had to leave that job too because <laughs> i was about to get on the red eye to go back to la and and and, and go see that man because i'm like who <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't say this to my face. So why are you talking crazy to me over the phone? So it's like, when you get to that point, it's like, you, you know, got to remove you are to fly cross country like, <laughs> and have enough anchor. Like as soon as I land, let me get my bag. You was going to run me my fade. <laughs> <laughs> and then get back on a plane with, with sore knuckles. Feeling relieved. <laughs> but I actually love that because I do feel like sometimes um, certain people, they forget that there's humans. Like, you're yeah. not looking at an animatronic. You're not looking at like an AI person. Like this is an yeah. actual person who has love and feelings for their family and their kids. And you can't come on here acting and speaking no type of way. Like, girl, I tell that to people all the time. Save it for your group chat. Don't yeah. come in my yeah. comments with it. Yeah. yeah. Because nine times out of 10, I'm going to keep it cute. Yeah. But on that 10th time, when you go to hell, I'm going to hell with you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you keep it cute though, Tina. I never seen you. I, I never seen you collect. I oh, oh my gosh, I do my best <laughs> because. But and then it's like as I know because I coach like influencers and stuff, so I know that like, they're looking up to me for like the best way to respond to this kind of stuff. So most days I will block and delete if I do complain about it at all. I'm complaining about it to him. Yeah. But there are those occasions, especially, and I honestly I can take the jabs at me. Mm -hmm. But when you start talking crazy about my kids, I'm going to hell with you every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not to, you know, make a hill into a mountain, but like the most recent example of somebody called my baby ugly. Like my baby ugly wear. <laughs> right. Girl. <laughs> and I'm sure it was behind a, a, a silhouette crazy, picture. Uh, yeah, silhouette profile. So I can't see you. Right. Yes, it what always is, is though. Crazy. <laughs> what a wild thing to say, though. It, it's it's nuts, but it's like people even talk about your baby crazy. It's wild though. Jay Z said that the internet's a yes. wild place. A it wild, is. Because people don't it get in the mouth enough. That that's exactly yes. why. Yes. Exactly Back why. in the day, you said something crazy. You had an answer for that. Yeah. You had to people see heard me. about it like, oh, you said what? What's up now? Mm -hmm. That what's up now is harder through yeah. the internet. So people say stuff that they would never say because you get your teeth get to clicking. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly that. But it's, it. it's it's weird, too, because those same people, like, if, if you guys posted something and they said something negative to you, that same person, if they saw you in person, is going to ask That's for a true. picture or an autograph. That's so true. it's like, why are you being weird about why are you being like this, bro? Yeah, that's yeah, so true. I that's agree. so true. Okay, so at this point, you guys have been married for nine years. Nine. Yes. Okay, talk about your um best piece of advice or what you've learned over the course I'm going to phrase it differently because it's the question I always ask. What advice would you give your younger married self? Mm. What advice would you give? You, if you could go back and tell Tina, girl, this, I need to tell you this so you could do it better. <laughs> I need to tell you this. I need to tell you this so you could do it better. I know. No, you go first. So I know for me, I would say um, you have to. Don't be afraid to have the tough conversations. That's good, James. Um, I think a lot of times, especially nowadays, people automatically assume that an uncomfortable conversation means that you're a bad person. Yeah. Mm. That's not the that's not the truth. And I think when you marry to somebody, you you really have to find comfort in them uncomfortable conversations because that's how you grow. Yeah. Um, as a unit. And you know, early on, we had our first married uncomfortable conversation it was uh our first anniversary and we like to recap the year mm -hmm. um during our where we, we used to take a trip <laughs> but it was for for me she asked me like what i thought went well what didn't go well it's like name three things on both sides what you thought went well what didn't go well and at that point we had just built a house uh we had been living in there but we also had just had our our baby girl and 
I talked about the things that went well. Then when we went to what didn't go well, I was like, well, like you, you don't cook anymore. I was like, we built a house. We got a brand new kitchen and you ain't even made me no eggs, no bacon, no nothing. <laughs> Eyes almost um, came out your head, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> and when I tell you, like, she immediately started crying, like waterworks, like crying. I didn't say it in a, in a mean way. It was literally like me just saying what I thought she could do better. And then for a while there after that, I was afraid to give her feedback or have tough conversations because I felt like it was going to result in tears. And here we are now we mad at each other. We in Mexico, we mad at each other, not talking on our anniversary trip because I just gave her some feedback. So I would say that, you know, you have to be comfortable having uncomfortable conversations and both people have to be open to it. There's a way to say things respectfully to your partner, your spouse or whatever, so that nobody is like feeling the type of way about the delivery, but listen to the message, receive the message and then figure out what you can do to uh, to improve upon that thing or give them feedback about, you know, what, what you think they could do better too. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, that's beautiful. That feels like your corporate world too, because you called it feedback. I feel like this is a this yeah. is a review session. <laughs> you know, let's go yeah. in. We're gonna talk about you know the pros of the year, the cons of the year. We're gonna give you a salary raise, a <laughs> merit increase. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All of that. Yeah. Okay, Tina. I I actually have two because one is a piggyback off of him, and it's to ask for what you need. A lot of times we like to assume that our partner can read our mind and know what's going on with us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times he can. He can read me without me saying anything. But there is a lot of times that I need things that he doesn't know or he isn't aware of. And I have to communicate. And back to that example, when we had that conversation, when we took that trip, I was three months postpartum. I was beyond overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. He was coming home late for work. We didn't have like that super support system. This was our first time living in a house of that size. So it just, and I was still working. Yeah. So it felt like my plate was overflowing and I didn't know how to communicate that. So I was just shut down. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know. And, you know, or cry or whatever, but I needed help. And when I did eventually break the ice to help, that's probably the first time we started getting help with like cleaning yep. because it, it had just became too much for me. Yeah. Um. But we mm. had to have the conversation, you know, get ugly a few times before it got to a point of understanding. But yep. probably had I asked sooner, um, we could have got a resolve sooner because here we are, you know, four kids later and I still don't cook. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You know, what's funny about that? That's Tina, so it's good. such a it's such a comes off as such a simple piece of advice, but it it is it is it's it hard. Is hard. And on top of being hard to say or express to James, who you loved and been with for a long time at that at that time, um, we tend to think people do know what we need and how we are feeling. Yeah. Even frustrating, you know, you huffing and puffing, you or your energy shifting, thinking, you know, like, you know what you're thinking. But mm -hmm. I, they don't know. They don't. Yep. And then when you, a lot of times what ends up happening is when you finally say it, you've done felt this way for so long, you can't even say it in a way that they can receive it, receive it yeah. and do it. Because now you're pissed off. Right. Because mm -hmm. I've been feeling like this for a long time. Well, it is the first time I'm hearing of this. Yes. You've been stewing on this and feeling this way, ruminating on it or talking to your friends, family, whatever you've been doing, you ain't been telling me. Right. So now mm -hmm. you're coming at me or coming at your partner as if they know this whole time, right. but you have mm -hmm. never shared that. And I think it's so simple, but so necessary to it's just hard, say, yeah. hey, here's how I'm needing. Like when you don't do this or this doesn't happen, this is how it impacts me. Because mm -hmm. I, I believe in most healthy relationships, most partners are not intentionally hurting you. 100%. And a right. lot of times people are unaware. I'm, I'm very guilty of this unaware of how my actions are being perceived mm -hmm. so yeah. if melissa doesn't tell me hey when you do this or say this or do actions like this it makes me feel like that because you're not doing it on purpose you can't imagine that it's coming across like that yeah because it's not your intention so now you've got and that's a I've, listen elite married coupling 307 <laughs> is adjusting how you interact with somebody when the way you used to interact you didn't even mean harm that way 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're going to change it because it was being interpreted this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so your partner doesn't feel like that. Right. Yeah. There's a lot early in marriages and in relationships. Well, I don't mean that. So you should just stop taking it like that. Mm-hmm. Or you're mm-hmm. tripping it. I don't mean it like that. You should stop acting like that. That's you. That's not me. That can all be well and true. However, it still makes that person feel that way. Yeah. A healthier yeah. relationship is trying to adjust things, even if you didn't mean it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You, yeah. You can't, you can't invalidate feelings. You have to allow a person to feel whatever it is they're feeling and figure out like, how do you guys figure out a way that you don't make them feel that way again? Right. And I think even for me, an adjustment for me as a man and as a husband was, you know, early on in our relationship, I was like the sole breadwinner. I pay all the bills. So when she stopped cooking, I took that as like, oh, you, you, you're not, you're like purposely doing this to me. I wasn't even yeah. considering that she was three months postpartum and that we had a bigger house and there was things that she had to do in the house and she was overwhelmed. I'm just looking at it like I'm working 18 hours a day. Like I'm coming home like Fred Flintstone. Where's my dinner at? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> But I had to adjust my mindset too to think, you know what? Well, maybe I do need to get some, like let's hire some cleaners to come in the house to kind of help. So you don't have to worry about cleaning anymore. Oh, you know what? If you don't, if you are overwhelmed and cooking doesn't work for you, I'll start making sure I can get home so I can cook. Or you know what? I'll meal prep on Sunday, cook our meals for the week so that you don't have to worry about that while I'm off at work and the kids and stuff like that. So it's just being mindful of like what your person is going through so that then you can do what you need to do to make sure as a unit you get through it together. That's sure. beautiful. I That's love that. Beautiful. You guys are going to go far. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, before I have um, you give your socials, I have to say this. You both have like really amazing skin. You guys are beautiful people. <laughs> it almost looks like there's a filter on James, like a smooth filter on your skin. It's, you know, I got that. Man, I'm, I'm dropping a men's skincare line soon. You know what I'm saying? Man. People are going to buy it. I'm looking at your skin. Listen, Tina has a glow, right? It's beautiful. It's very like, yes, I am happy. Her life sparkles. Out. Yes, it's giving me my life sparkles. That's exactly what it's giving. It looks like James has a smooth filter on his skin. And we I'm also so are in a this room that we're in has the best light, and natural light day, in yeah. our house. So the you're getting us really is throwing y'all an alley oop right now. The perfect <laughs> light. God's ring light. God's ring light is hilarious. That, that's the great. sun is just God's, God's ring, ring light. light. Hilarious. That's fantastic. Um, tell the people where they can find you on social media and give them the name of your um, podcast. I've actually, uh, I knew you guys had one, but you guys done it a while ago. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I am her life sparkles on everything on all socials. And you and I am I am James Meeks across all socials. And then our podcast page is Life Partner Gang. Yes, gang, 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 gang. 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 <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so very much. This was fun. I hope you guys had a good time. Appreciate we had a good y'all. time. Thank y'all. Great. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Yeah, Thank you guys sure. so much. Humble Bye, you guys. Bye. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.